Welcome, everyone, boils and ghouls. It is No BS with Brian and Susan, episode 14, episode titled Trick or Treat. <laughs> I'm Brian Kluger, and I'm joined by the lovely host with the most, the ghoul of podcasts and films. The person I want to trick or treat for life with, Susan Stevens. How are you? I'm good. Hey, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I bring us in weirdly all the time. No, you bring us in with great energy. So okay, love good. It. <laughs> <You> love it. <laughs> We're boils and ghouls today, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. is that? Why is that? Well, we're, we're, this episode is Halloween themed, so we're going to talk uh, all Halloween, our favorite Halloween movies, trick-or-treat experiences. We're also, we've got some news, entertainment news, and um, of course our blind watch, which wasn't, actually it wasn't a terrible one, so. Yeah, it was good, it was good. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's a huge episode today, for the reason, if you've listened to the past 13 episodes, Susan has a segment on here about The Bachelor and Bachelorette. <laughs> and she has forced me to start watching The Bachelorette <laughs> this season. And we're going to talk about it. And so I can chime in because I have never seen any Bachelor or Bachelorette, not even two minutes of it until now. So I can't wait to dive into this. Oh, and, I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, oh, good, good, good. So yeah, it's our Halloween episode. Halloween is only like uh, seven days away. It's a week away. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we're going let, to, let's, let's start out here um with uh you know we got to talk about the the final presidential debate just happened early voting's happening um you know i watched as much as i could stomach this last debate like 10 minutes of it before i was really i mean it's terrible it's literally third graders bickering at each other there nothing gets answered nothing this one was better than the well i don't think you watched that first one which was a total disaster this one was a lot better but yeah because they shut their mics off however when somebody asks a question i feel like in a presidential debate you say okay this is what i plan on doing a b and c Uh the other side says well this is what we plan a b and c And then they have the rebuttal for what, 30 seconds. And they can say, well, if you did this, this would happen. This would this happen. That did not happen here. It was just Biden and Trump third grade saying, well, this administration did this and it's terrible. Well, you did this and this is terrible. I was like, I can't deal with it. And it was just telling stupid lies and stuff like that. Well, Trump's telling stupid lies. And I mean, it was just a back and forth of third graders. And I just... I I already voted. I know who I'm voting for. I don't need to listen to these idiots. <laughs> I was done. And I, uh, 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 I, I, it gives me a headache just even thinking about it. Yeah. And, but you said it was better because mm-hmm. they cut mics off. Well, However, and I, yeah. well, 
and, and I already voted. I didn't really, from the beginning of this, I didn't need to see the debates. I knew who I was voting for. That, but I'm proud to already have voted and have that out of the way. But this was so much better because the first debate was nothing but interruption the entire time. That was like five-year-olds fighting. But this time around, Trump, the first, I, the ABC commentator said this too, the first 40 minutes he was trying to be on his best behavior. And then after that, it just couldn't even like hold it as much. He couldn't sustain himself he, to be a decent person. Yeah, he had to start doing his like interruptions. Biden did a lot better this time. He didn't like name call. He didn't interrupt really. Uh, I Yes, this I haven't really watched enough debates to ever see a politician really answer the question. I feel like these people typically avoid it. Although I will say I did watch the Ted Cruz Beto debate and they gave more informative answers, more so Beto did, but Cruz gave stuff. Um, it is typically, it was a lot of bashing each other. Like you said, it was a lot of this administration did this, this and that. Trump did that the whole time. Biden gave some answers. He did. He At least when he discussed a plan, he did say a plan, and he talked to the people. That was what I appreciated. And I don't know if you finished the whole thing at the end. Uh, Biden had the final words, and he mentioned how even if you're not voting for me, whatever it is, like this is about you guys. I want to – this is about character and honor, and I, I'm helping – both sides of people like it's just he was clearly just more speaking to the people whereas trump was speaking to his supporters right and that's what he's always done yeah um so you know i i turn it off 10 minutes in basically and but i hear that trump at some point legit said that he's the least racist person in the room which in is in front really- of a african american uh comment or moderator by the way that's pretty <laughs> fucking funny because yeah. how untrue is this if if anybody listening is a trump supporter and thinks that's true you should go watch the documentary the central park 5 oh um, yeah it's it's a documentary about um a woman, a white woman that was killed in New York in Central Park. I don't. She wasn't and, killed. She wasn't oh killed. no, she wasn't killed. She was uh, like was raped, raped and or, attacked, or something. yeah, attacked yeah. In, in, so, a coma. in a coma. In a coma. And there was a manhunt. Nobody knew who did it. And Donald Trump led the. I don't know how he led it, but he said like these five black dudes did it and they were arrested and incarcerated and they didn't do it. They're out mm-hmm. like now, thank God. Now, but, just recently. Yeah, just recently. But he led it on racial things like it, it's crazy. But if you've seen anything he said and he's, you know, he's pro Nazi and all that stuff like, you know, he's it would, for him to say that is crazy. Right, which Biden does mention that. He does mention that. And uh, Donald Trump, to add on to that, he also says, no one has done more for the black community than me. He says, or he said, no president has done more, with the exception of maybe Lincoln, is what he said. He said, with the exception of maybe Lincoln, Donald Trump has done more for the black community than any president. It is... The most yeah. ballsy thing I've ever heard from a president. Well, if you've, if you've ever listened to him and ever speak, that's like his uh, M.O. is mm-hmm. that he's the best at anything. Like the first time I really remember him saying that was when he was running for president the first time. Mm-hmm. And they asked him about Christianity and the Bible. And he's like, he said, like, I know the Bible most than 
anybody else. <laughs> like he's like, I know the bot, and then and then they tried to like quiz him on it, and he couldn't answer anything. <laughs> he doesn't know what so, verse. He doesn't know yeah, any of it. He knows everything. He he knows everything more than anybody else. So that when people say that, they're full of shit, and they're mm-hmm. not. They don't know anything. So right. Um, but you know, idiots believe them. So there you go. So let's move on from that. However, the last thing we want to say on that is what Susan go vote, go vote, please vote. (laughs) Yes, please get out there and vote. This is, I mean, every four years you got to say it. I mean, I hope for the time, I mean, you want to say it every four years, go vote, but we're in such a horrible time right now where there's literally the administration that is there's no leadership you got to get out there and change this crazy time so please go vote Mm -hmm. it's go it's going to make a difference and there's you know many 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 places where people don't have the right to vote or it's you know stuff like that so please go do it um but let's move on Uh, we're gonna we're talk about first a little bit of uh unfortunate sad news but Mm -hmm. with a where there's a a light at the end of the tunnel uh the dude the dude abides jeffrey lebowski jeff bridges announced via social media um he was diagnosed with lymphoma and he's 70 years old a very very unfortunate sad news however as he uh, came out with this news, he said, you know, there's a, we're doing, I'm doing good. There's a treatment. I think, you know, what, what did you think about this tweet? Do you, do you, is there a dire thing? Like, I, I think there's hope. He sounded optimistic about it, I guess. It didn't sound like it was like, Hey, I'm dying. It was just kind of informative. Uh, but I, I guess we'll see what happens is, is I don't know in general enough about lymphoma. Is that something that is treatable? Can people beat that? Yes. So, um, one of my, uh, my, my co-host for the podcast, it just depends on what type of lymphoma he has, but the, Mm -hmm. uh, my co-host for the unbalanced note, Jacob, um, he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh wow! A year or so ago, and he went through some crazy chemo for six months, seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's cured. I mean, he's in remission. He's good. He's uh, he's done a couple scans. He's free. But I mean, he was out for a good eight months, like doing nothing. Lost all his hair and all that good stuff. And uh, so it just depends on what kind. There's a good one and a bad one. I mean, they're all bad, but I think yeah. one's worse than the other. Um, so let's hope, I mean, Jeff Bridges is Jeff Bridges, you know, he's probably going to get the best help there is. Mm -hmm. And, um, hopefully we, we wish him the best and speedy, healthy, painless recovery. Uh, but yeah, he's hopefully he's back to making movies in a two years or so, if not sooner. Yeah, exactly. so yeah, that's uh, some little bit of news. Go go watch Big Lebowski. Go watch um, what's that one? The country music. True Grit. One. Yeah, True Grit. What was the country music one he did where he sang something Heart? Crazy Heart. Crazy Heart. Yeah, and then yeah, go watch all of his movies. He's good stuff. Yeah. Um, and other than that, news kind of kind of slow news week. You know, mm-hmm. uh, everything is pushed back still movie wise and theaters and stuff like that for a good long time. So yeah, there you go. And, but so, but there is TV and mm-hmm. TV that has started. So, you know, we mentioned, we mentioned uh, the bachelorette coming back. 
And oh my, so I've tell if you've listened to the podcast, I've mentioned to Susan that I'm going to start watching this. And I did <laughs> and, not force him. I did not force him. I told him specifically, you do not have to watch this. You watch He forced watch. me. <laughs> uh, no, she didn't force me. So I, but I wanted to be, you know, she has a segment and I wanted to have a say in it and I wanted to be a part of it. And since I've watched Big Brother and I do a Big Brother podcast, I feel like maybe, you know, let's give this a shot. Mm -hmm. So, again, I've never seen two minutes of The Bachelor Bachelorette for its, you know, 20, 20 something seasons that it's been on the air because I'm just not a fan of reality TV, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, Bachelorette, we've been talking about this person named Claire Crowley. And. I've been hearing some crazy things. So I was like, okay, let's start it. And so I've watched two episodes of The Bachelorette, um, first two episodes. And um, oh my, I am. Uh, you did watch the second one too. Okay. I good. did watch the second one. Good. And I. Hmm. So when watching Big Brother, <laughs> I get that it's, you know, it's a group of people and they're doing competitions and stuff like that. And they're trying to win money. With Bachelorette, it's like 20 or 30 people, men or women, who are trying to marry one girl or guy. Well. And yeah, it's something like that. They all want to like be with this person. Like the goal is to like be get with married. Her. Engage, get engaged. Yeah. Basically never met the person, which is beyond crazy to me. And uh, so that's kind of where I came in at just knowing what that's about. So I didn't know how it all worked out and oh my God, it's so painful to watch sometimes as Claire Crowley, who I guess has been on the show like for three times or four times before. This is her fifth time. This is her her fifth fifth time. time. I'll give a quick rundown after here. So to see, you know, how they do it where they bring in the 20 or 30 guys one by one to introduce to her. (laughs) Oh my. So, I'm hooked. Like I'm hooked in a way that this this particular season seems insane because of what Claire Crowley does, um, and she seems batshit crazy person in real life. So, um, Susan, please give the rundown. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, so I I know that Bachelor and Bachelorette is not quality television people this is a this is what i call junk food tv you just it's not good for you but you enjoy eating it up so i'm aware of that but it's so freaking good and somehow every season chris harrison says this is the most dramatic season yet and we're like no way and it just keeps getting more dramatic this is i think gonna like take the cake just especially with the pandemic and claire is nutty i will admit that we first met her on juan pablo season which I already was not crazy about her then because she was, something was off with her. She's always been very dramatic. The way she speaks in this show is how she's always spoken. She talks very like, I am a fighter and I love love and I deserve love. And, you know, I don't settle for anything. Yeah, she's overly passionate and she has crazy eyes. So (laughs) if you ever... 
when you say somebody has crazy eyes, you can tell that there's a certain fire and passion and not in a good way that they're overly stimulated in overly, I guess the word passionate yeah. and it comes across like it's insane. And you're just like, wow, I got to stay away. And then I've seen the clip of the Juan Pablo thing yeah. where Claire like has a nervous breakdown and starts yelling and he goes, thank God I didn't pick her. Well, and I have to say like that season you, so I was annoyed with her a lot through that season. And Juan Pablo is literally the worst bachelor they've ever had. He's a douche. He was not a good bachelor. He disrespected her. And when it comes to that, I was actually really glad she told him off because he played her. He hooked up with her. He literally told her, I enjoy uh, fucking you but I don't know if I'm in love with you. And that's she, being honest, right? Yeah. Asshole. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, but that's, Here's the thing about Claire. And this is where I will defend her. Yes. She's maybe a little, you know, she, or she is dramatic. She's very dramatic and she's a lot, but she has a good heart. And I think she is looking for love. She wants that. She wants that one person to be committed to. And I think she just needs to find that other half like that. She doesn't, she's not looking to, she doesn't want to sleep around. She doesn't want to be that. That's what she says. She's, she's always labeled that way. And I think it's because she, she falls easily into the romanticism, I guess. And Juan Pablo played her pretty much. He played her. But part of being on The Bachelor and Bachelorette, and even in this season with Claire that I've seen in clips and the two episodes, I mean, she's, you're, you're making out with many people, you're playing other people, you want to get hooked up, you're feeling and touching everybody. That's part of it. So. Yes, it is. It is. But I will say there is a point with the reason why Claire tells off Juan Pablo in that season is because when they're down to the final two and he says that remark, she calls him out in their like final night together and is like asking pretty much laying it out flat. And that is one thing too I can respect is that she doesn't hold anything in, which clearly she doesn't. Um, it can be a good or bad thing. But he had the opportunity to, if he had enough, and the problem is he didn't respect her. And that's why she was upset, is that he had enough, he had a perfect opportunity to let her know. He didn't have to put her through that. He could have said, you know what, I'm feeling a stronger connection with Nikki. Um, I don't want to lead you on. Because he clearly already in that moment had made his decision. And there have been past bachelors and bachelorettes who haven't gone to that final rose ceremony. I'm not saying he, it's, it's the way he went about it. Trust me. He's a dick. Like the, oh, no, I, will, I would, I would have been clear on this. On no, that. I, I believe you. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know much about Juan Pablo, but I could tell you that, that most of these bachelors in this season trying to vie for her love mm -hmm. seem like dicks or douches and, I mean, some of them do, most of them do. Some of them don't seem kind of genuine, but in my back of my mind, it's like, how could you want to marry a girl you never met and only get like 10 minutes with? Yeah, it doesn't make I mean, sense to me. It's, and then that's the show. And some people, that it works for some people. And there are plenty of couples from the show that are still together, married with kids. But Claire, like, so she started on that journey at 32, and then she went on two Bachelor in Paradises, which is like, you, that's like a hookup fest. That's where all the people who haven't found love on the show get together. The rejects. Yeah, I hate to call it that. But yeah, like the people, all of them, they get on a beach and just like try to get together and hook up. And so she went twice. 
both times was a fail. Like she, they actually edited her really funny in that one and have her like, look like she's talking to like a crab. It's like, obviously she's talking to a producer, but they make her look insane from it. And um, <laughs> just again, it's really weird. Like she, there's one guy she dated in the, in the first season of paradise. And I, I always remember that one. Like, or it was like the second season. I can't remember which season it was, but she was like, she like, I, it, didn't, it wasn't serious enough for her. So she left. And then she came a third time or like the second time in paradise was a bus. And then she went to winter games, which was a spinoff during the winter Olympics. That was actually a fun one, but she actually got engaged from that one. That was her turning point. She became a lot. She seemed like she matured a little bit more, um, but she was engaged to this guy, Benoit. And that's another thing about Claire. The Bachelor's in a lot of hot water for not being very diverse. Claire is someone who I really believe she's really just looking for a, a good heart. She'll she'll date anything, like as far as ethnicity, whatever. She's not looking. Yeah, no, it seemed like that in this yeah. episode. So yeah, she, it's or the season. Right, and I think that's part of the reason why they picked her because they knew she would. Pick, she's not. She's not just looking for a white dude. She will date any ethnicity as long as you're a good person which is awesome um so so she she was with benoit and they got engaged but they were only engaged for like months and then they broke up so some some things just don't stick like unfortunately with her uh but now she came back like i don't know why they picked her she wouldn't have been my choice for bachelorette but what i do like is that she is the oldest bachelorette i love that because we've had the last three seasons have been babies Either they picked babies or they had a lot of baby contestants. And I'm talking 23, 22-year-olds that I don't care to see. Uh, at least these guys are older. And that's bringing it back to, um, that's bringing it back to, the, uh, to the original. That's how it was. Okay. It used to be older people. Right, so right. It, it is nice that they got that back. But, yes, Claire is emotional. She's a lot. She's not. Most bachelorettes aren't, aren't like her. We've had very uh, – actually, bachelorettes are pretty cool most of the time. They're down-to-earth and chill and normal, I guess you could say. So in this season, there's been – you know, before the show came out, there was, you know, rumors of what happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in this first episode when she's meeting everybody, one bachelor from West Virginia uh, called out another bachelor – uh, and told them like, hey, I'm getting texts from people back home saying you're flirting with other people and that's not cool. And the dude told that to Claire, who immediately broke the date off and brought them two together and had a talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> it was really awkward. And the dude who brought it to light <laughs> ended up going home that night yeah <laughs> it was really funny it's funny there's always that person always that person that creates unnecessary drama tyler c should not which what a shame because there is a tyler c in the bachelor nation who is great and like i don't even want to refer to this guy as tyler c but this new one he he shot himself in the foot. Like, why would you do that? There was no Yeah, point. rookie move, rookie move. That was so stupid. Like, why would you say anything about that? It was so clearly you were doing that just to try to get someone out. And it's like, focus on yourself. Claire's 39 years old. She's not going to get, and that, that is another thing that I respected. She was like, hold on, before you start talking about someone else, I'm going to bring him over here. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, I was like, and you could see, 
his mind and his eyes like, oh, fuck. Yeah, he's like, I thought I was going to get away with it. And it yeah, it's, like, you know, that guy shouldn't have cared. Like, you know, it'll come out if it comes out. But then this guy, Joseph. Joseph. Um, it, yeah, Joseph or Joseph, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, in the second episode, so in the second episode, there's a dodgeball match and Claire who knows if it was actually her idea, the producer's idea to play strip dodgeball and all the losers had to strip down naked basically. And, you know, when you're thinking about that, you're just like, okay, is that degrading? Is that not degrading? Whatever. It could be an all in good fun and whatnot. Well, when all these bachelor losers of the dodgeball team had to come home naked, walk a shame naked back to the house. Some people didn't like it. It's including this guy, Yosef, who wasn't from, even on the date. Like, get over Right, it. yeah. He and he seems really pissed about it, and it seems he's going to call Claire out <laughs> about I'm 100, it. Yeah, no, I'm 100% sure that he's the one who's going to be like, you, I expect more from the oldest bachelorette, and she's going to, like, go off on him and stuff. But he – but I will say I didn't like that strip dodgeball thing. Yes, it was probably the producer's idea, but as the lead, you can say no to stuff, and I actually do think that Claire could have said, no, that's a little tacky because the only reason why I always say it's such a double standard. If a bachelor made those girls strip, yeah, that that Peter, those last bachelor, he would get crucified, crucified. Right. They'd be like, "What a disgusting perv making him making those poor girls play dodgeball in their panties and no, bra." For sure. No, like, it, but these guys got balls ass naked. Yeah, and- like jock straps is all they had on. And I think, well, you know, watching this, I thought like, well, you know, these guys should have said like, well, we're naked, Claire, you should get naked too, just to like solidarity type of thing. But of course she didn't. But yeah, if the roles were reversed, Bachelor would be canceled basically, you know? Right. Like that was a tacky move on there. And I understand they're limited because they can't go anywhere. And normally they can do a lot more extravagant and fun um dates and stuff uh but i think they'll be fine but i just think that was a tacky move on their point they could have completely they it would have been just we didn't need that shock value like of a strip right claire claire should have joined in to show to show like she's part of it like that's all i'm saying if she wanted to i just i mean she should have like if they were doing that she told them to do it. it was her idea she should have joined in but i get it so the other thing about this episode was the uh, five senses of dating or whatever. I like and, that date. Um, how fucking awkward it was to be mm-hmm. blindfolded and touch each other in front of people watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So awkward. But okay, so, you know, to wrap this all up, I am enjoying it. Um, and I guess, Susan, you know best, but I guess in this season – as in the first episode, after she meets this one dude, she's like, I just met my husband. And allegedly, she leaves the show after three or four weeks to be with this guy. But there's like two or three other people in the show that it could be that she really likes. But I'm thinking it's going to be this one person. Um, but then, like, what are they going to do? Are they bringing a new Bachelorette? Have you heard anything? Are they bringing right. her back? What's happening? Yeah, so this was, like, early when it started filming. They had said that this is the rumor that Claire has met. I mean, the, it's out there. His name's out there, Dale. It's You see it in the first episode. The minute she sees him, she says, I think I just met my future husband. 
and which was already so weird, like she's shaking and crazy about it. But uh, apparently, only two weeks into production, and that's probably why the second episode they didn't do a rose ceremony is because they're trying to stretch out her time. Right, I, I, and, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, so they're gonna like try to. They'll probably try to stretch out if it's just the two weeks. We'll see, but um, it's apparently going to be very evident that she's all into Dale and that that's who she likes. She does have strong connections with some other guys that I could see as potential, but uh, the rumor is actually, even though she's only talking to that Blake guy that said, claiming that he messaged her, well, the rumor is she was messaging Dale before too, and that's why. And I believe that because the way she first met him, it seemed like she already knew him, like she already talked to him because she says, I knew it. And I feel like she's like, I already have this connection with this guy. If I feel him in person strong, then like he's it. So these are all speculations that she's going to end it about two weeks in because she can't even, she can't like fake it. She can't fake it. That it's just him. And they're going to bring Tasha Adams, who was on Colton season um, to be the bachelorette. Now it's not exactly sure how they're going to do it. You can see in the promo, they bring in like a new limo. It almost looks like that's what it's like her. Uh, I think this rumor is that it's going to be a mix of new guys and some of Claire guys. So I'm not sure. Or it could be brand new guys. But, yes, Tasha's supposed to be the next Bachelorette once Claire, like, bounces out of there. Pieces out. Yeah, I would, I would be absolutely fucking pissed. I would mm-hmm. – you'd want to sue just because, like, they went through some crazy shit to be on this show so for many months. <laughs> and, like – leaving to have this happen two weeks in like that would be awful and horrible i uh i feel so sorry for the bachelors on that i mean just I, like stick it out for the whole season you yeah know? and i do too and i honestly think it's it's so stupid to do that because no bachelor bachelorette's ever done that there are so many people that they feel a strong connection they give the first impression roast this one night one and as the weeks go on, they realize that person is not meant for them and they have a better connection with someone. You're not giving the process a chance. That's the whole point of why it's like a two-month process because you're put in these experiences and dates with other people to see who you have a better connection with. Like she's 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 jipping herself. And I think it's just because she can't as you can see, she cannot fake it. She cannot hold anything in. Like if she is bothered, if whatever, like I am who I am. Like that's how she says it. Right, right. Yeah, it's going to be a an ordeal, I think. So, yeah, there you go. Bachelorette will be back next episode with more <laughs> Bachelorette news where I can chime in finally. I know. This is great. <laughs> this is good. This is good. So, yeah, no, I, Susan, I'm in. I'm, I'm going to watch it at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our main event. Everything about Halloween, Halloween movies, Halloween TV shows, um, all this. Take it away, Susan. Well, let's start with what was your favorite Halloween costume that you uh, dressed up as, even as a kid or adult, whatever? Um, <laughs> I had some pretty funny costumes growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe my favorite one was Mickey Mouse. Ooh. Um, dresses Mickey Mouse. Uh, had the at Mickey Mouse suspenders. I had the little black ears. I wore like black leggings and like little red shorts and like had like little big white buttons on it that, that my mother sewed on. And then I had like a a uh, I think a black pantyhose legging for a tail. I have pictures of this. Um, oh, I want to see it. <laughs> um, and then growing up, um. 
so in college I got really into it and in like really crazy movie makeup. So I did, I did one as Freddy Krueger one time where, you know, it took like three hours to do the makeup. Like I did like the Hollywood makeup style. Um, and I had like an actual Freddy Krueger glove. Um, like that was real, like a screen accurate with actual knives on it. Mm-hmm. The uh, I went all out for it. I have pictures of that too. And then I did House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, uh, what's his name? Sid Haig's character, Captain Spaulding, the clown. Um, and I did the makeup for that too. And I ha- I actually got the costume. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was awesome looking. Uh, so those are the the big ones that I remember. What about you? I always loved. It was one of my favorite things when my parents would like give me that party city pamphlet or whatever and be like, okay, which one do you want to be in like the kids section? So I always typically pick like a Disney princess. I loved dressing up as like a Disney princess or uh, I can specifically remember being Pink Ranger, but like the ninja one, that was a fun one. Uh, Please tell me when you put on the Pink Ranger costume, you were like doing fights and kicks and punches and stuff. (laughs) Oh, I was. I was. I would be totally like. God, I hope there's video of that. Um, (laughs) A little Susan going around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think I had a lot of fun when, especially, I feel like high school, that was when I was just like half acid, but college got a little bit more creative because that's where you went to like Halloween parties and stuff. So uh, I did like a bumblebee. I, I liked my um, a firefighter costume I made. One of my, oh, one of my, no, actually my favorite in college was when I did like a homemade Betty Rubble. Wait, is that, that's her last name, right? Yeah, Rubble. Betty Rubble. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked doing that one. That one was uh, fun. And then I've really enjoyed... Two of the like ones Trevor and I have done as like a couple, our first year together, we did um, Jurassic World. Uh, he was Chris Pratt and I was Bryce Dallas Howard's character. Did so that was really heels? Yeah, I wore the heels. I wore the outfit, like the heels. I got a red wig and he got like the vest. Like it was, we went all out. That was like our expensive one. We're like, fuck it, let's do it. And then um, I thought we did a great job of being Mario and Toad. I had like a, I was like a girl version of Mario and he was a uh, toad. So that, those were fun. Yeah. Nice. I was a bumblebee as well. Right. Um, when I, I think I was four or five, I'll send you a picture of it. Please do. Uh, bumblebee. So we were both bumblebees. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when you went trick or treating, did you have any favorite candy you like to get? Fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was into, I mean, I, as any kid, I think most kids into chocolate. So if I would get like Snickers or uh, Reese's Pieces Buttercups or something like that, those are probably my go-tos. But I also loved getting like Nerds and Pixie Sticks. Oh, yeah. Just because I love like that crazy sugar rush. Um, And yeah, those, I guess those, like if I got like a little Snickers thing, and then of course, you know, you're always looking out for like the full-size candy bars, which when I got older and had trick-or-treaters i'd always go to sam's and buy like three boxes of the big candy bars because i wanted to be that house (laughs) and it was you know very very satisfying (laughs) yeah i never got to experience that i I heard of a neighborhood that did it and i never went to that which hopefully one day trevor and i will do that too he wants to do that which i am excited to pass out candy this year um but I loved, I was like, my, one of my favorite things after trick-or-treating was just pouring all the candy on the floor and like 
organizing it from like least like the ones I wasn't crazy about to the ones I wanted to save for later that were the best. Like I hated Tootsie Rolls. Those were like disgusting to me. Um, I but, like Tootsie Rolls. Oh, I would have given you all my Tootsie Rolls. I'm like here. So yeah, did you do, did, so you, I mean, I didn't have any siblings growing up, but you did. So did you like do like a trading thing, like trading cards, but trading candy? Well, my siblings are so much older than me. Like, like it's, there's, we're talking like a 10 year difference. So they didn't even, maybe my brother might've trick or treated. I think he would eat the Tootsie Rolls. We didn't really trade though. Uh, Cause it was just so much, like he was just so much older. Did so. you have a limit on uh, the amount of candy you can eat the first night? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did have a limit. My parents were like, you can have like, you know, like three or something. You can't just eat it all. Uh, I, I was pretty, I was pretty disciplined on that. Like I wasn't, cause I, I liked savoring it. I wanted it to last. So, but yes, I loved uh, Snickers, Reese's. I thought, I felt like I struck gold if Twizzlers was in there. Cause that was a real like rarity, you know? So those little Twizzlers, they, those excited me. I liked pixie sticks. I loved, sometimes you get that rare, like ring pop. That was really cool. The real, oh, hell yeah. Oh my God. Uh, the sugary ring pops. My God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, love that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember my parents used to be like, yeah, you can have like one or two pieces and then mm-hmm. I'd have to, I'd have to um, ration it out. Mm-hmm. lunches <laughs> for like the next month basically yeah and you know i guess after the first two days you just kind of forget about your halloween candy at least i did it's yeah. just there and then your parents start eating it right. um, <laughs> oh yeah oh and i hated almond joys and my mom that's like her favorite like almond joys are mound because i don't like coconut so i'd be like go for it mom that's why you don't like my coconut water Ugh. yeah <laughs> Uh, so did you have a most memorable trick or treat time? Like, like when you went trick or treating? Yeah. You know, I think most of them that I can remember were always good for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, my, you know, going with one or two of my friends and like our mothers and stuff like that, going to the neighborhoods and riding in the car and being cold and then getting in the warm car and go to the next neighborhood. I think it's just fun. And then having certain houses that would be really scary and have sounds and lights and then somebody come out in a mask trying to scare you and giving you a, you know, candy, not even saying anything like I, that stuff really stuck with me because I thought I was like, Oh, it's terrifying and fun. Yeah. Uh, and then of course I might've talked about it on my bloody podcast before. However, you know, maybe like fifth or sixth grade, um, when you can maybe go off on your own a little bit in your own neighborhood, uh, much like the TV show freaks and geeks in Mm -hmm. episode, was it two or three, where they're trick-or-treating and they get egged by the bullier kids. That Uh happened to me and my friends. We got egged. Oh, no. Like as a mean thing? Yeah, as a mean thing. Yes, we got by uh, older kids. I don't know from who, but we absolutely got egged. They never stole our candy. It was just kind of a drive-by egging. Oh, Um, jeez. But that absolutely happened, which I always credit Freaks and Geeks for being like my life going through middle school yeah. and high school because there's so much shit in that show that happened to me. Right. Uh, but yeah, that did happen. So that was one of the, you know, more unfortunate times. But overall, 
trick-or-treating was super fun just being with your friends and like oh my god because like at one point you're bringing like you know like not a pillowcase but like a big sack or something like that and other Mm -hmm. times you had like a little pumpkin pail that maybe like Burger King gave out or something uh and I mean we loved it and you know our parents used to let us you know spend like 30 45 minutes after trick-or-treating together go through our candy together and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so that was fun yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, I remember going from that trans- transition of like the little pumpkin like bucket to like pillowcases. Cause I was like, this isn't big <laughs> enough. I need like the real deal. Here. I need a hefty garbage bag. Yeah. I think stuff. one time I did use a garbage bag too. Cause I got a lot like my parents' neighborhood, at least before we had, you could go through that whole neighborhood and come back with so much candy, which was awesome. I was really I mean, I, I thought it was enjoyable going like with my mom or my sister, even I know my brother, like one year, cause my brother was older and I remember he went and he was like, I'm going to, I just want candy. And he's like, he's like 20 something years old and he's wearing his, uh, screen mask that he had. He's like, they won't know. They won't know how, <laughs> how old I am. And no, so yeah, it's interesting you say that because over the past few years, actually when I used to live in Forest Hills, um, you would be surprised by how many older teenagers were trick-or-treating and how many of them didn't even fucking dress up. They just showed up in their street oh, clothes yeah. to get candy. Uh-huh. You know, and we still gave them candy, but we're not happy about it. I'm like, you didn't yeah. put any effort into this. Like, right, at least dress up. And a t-shirt. Just yeah. like asking for a handout, whatever, man. Right. And then some of them had the audacity to try to take more, like, full-size candy bars and i'm like no no no, no. just one buddy like you know come back towards the you know end of the night maybe but they're just trying to grab all of it uh and i just like wow where are these people coming from but like you know at least put on a like a silly mask or yeah get a t-shirt turn it inside out or something like that i don't know right right no at least at the very least dress up like yeah that's why i remember my brother when he kept the best like i just hope they don't even notice it's like i'll just look like a like a tall teenager or something but (laughs) i was like hey you're wearing a mask you're in a costume they're not gonna say anything but i mean i trick-or-treated until freshman year of college which that i mean i had great memorable times with groups of friends in high school or elementary like great times with them but i guess it's i'll never forget my last time which was we were freshmen in uh, college and I was with my friend Candace and I think Holly was with us too. And uh, I can't remember now, but I just remember we went, we found a neighborhood cause I was like, I want to trick or treat so bad. And I was in the bumblebee costume and I, we wore pigtails to look like we were younger and nobody said anything. Like uh, I was like, we would, we definitely look like we could have been in high school at least. So um, and that was the last time we did it because I remember at that point feeling like, yeah, this is it. This is the last time. Right. Oh <laughs> man, you went way far. I think the last time I trick or treat was 12 or 13. It was something like that. I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I mean, fuck, I looked like this when I was 18, full beard and shit. So yeah. I looked like I was 30. No, I think it was 12 or 13. And, uh, yeah. And now, so now like, you know, you look forward to, you know, movies and TV shows, horror stuff. And then you actually mm-hmm. look forward to giving out candy and Halloween. And then yeah. even more so being an adult is the day after Halloween going to the market and getting every Halloween candy for 50 On or sale. 60% off. Yes. Yes. 
That's sure. the real trick-or-treating right there. Well, I think when you're younger and you don't have as much money, like getting free candy is like a jackpot. We're at the age now where like if I want candy, I mean, I just go to the store and I can buy myself a big bag of candy. Yeah, whatever. you go to Costco and buy literally a 10-pound bag of an assortment of good shit. And you're yeah. just like, okay, there we go. But I guess there's something about going door to door. Like I, I love that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, as you're a kid, it's fun. You know, I, I mean, I, if it was acceptable to me to go trick or treating, I totally would because hundred percent me too. That yeah. was my favorite part of Halloween. Like that's why I loved Halloween was trick or treating. I could not wait. Cause I loved that whole going door to door, seeing what candy they were passing out. People were usually pretty friendly. And then you come back and spend that time organizing your candy or whatever. And now it's just, it's funny just how it's changed. Like it's, I think Halloween, the good thing about Halloween is that it, you can still get excited even as adults, just because of what you said, like I can be excited to pass out candy. And then like I tell Trevor, like I, all I want to do is pass out candy, order food and watch scary movies. That's it. Are you going to be, are y'all going to be ever the assholes that give away pennies or flaw, dental floss Ew. or toothpaste? <laughs> never. I bought the good stuff. I bought some good candies, like the Snickers and the M&Ms and all that good shit. Hell yeah. We always want candy, man. Yeah. Candy. That's the, that's what it is. I, I was curious if you're ever going to do that. That would be, because you know, we used to, you and I probably every year without fail, there was like, oh, here's a penny and a, and a nickel. Or never some got, dental floss. I never got a coin, but I did. I think I did get floss, and I think I've gotten a toothbrush, which those like suck. I'm like, what the hell is that? And so, do you think now getting that now as an adult, you'd be like, ooh, no, <laughs> toothbrush, no, no. <laughs> no. Oh my, it's funny, and you know, going through all of that every year, there was a news story, or you know an old wives tale of they're putting razor blades in this candy bar oh, they're yeah. putting drugs and i'm like no they're not nobody ever did that first off nobody's gonna take the time to put razor blades in candy bars second of all nobody's putting drugs into candy because no person is going to give drugs away for free to <laughs> mass amounts of people yeah <laughs> it's not gonna happen I mean, it's always good, the rule of don't eat anything that's not wrapped. I think that is a safe rule. Like if somebody, like my parents wouldn't let me, sometimes the people made like, and they'd wrap it up. Like cookies like cookie. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And my parents would be like, no, you're not eating that. Right. Um, right. Which is fair. I would probably do the same thing. I'd be like, if it's like a store wrapped candy, then you can have that. But probably to be on the safe side, no, you shouldn't eat the homemade cookies or brownies or whatever (laughs) would be oh my god just tell your kids like it's gonna be fine just like we're gonna get high there's a chance (laughs) we're all gonna have a good time on mushrooms cookies all right all right so moving on moving on uh what do we got here Um, yeah yeah, the halloween tv any basically do do you have any halloween tv specials that stand out that you really liked well, yeah, of course, because, you know, growing up in the era of Nickelodeon and Family mm-hmm. Matters and Step by Step and Clarissa Explains It All and all those mm-hmm. shows, there's all, you always look forward to the Halloween one because they're super fun. They could be scary. They dress up and stuff like that. So, I mean, first off, we have to mention the best ever Halloween specials ever made, Simpsons Treehouse <laughs> of Horror. Every year since the second season, they're all pretty badass, amazing, creative and I love it. Um, also, like, there's some, there was a great 
Martin episode. You remember the show Martin? I, mean, I, I yeah. do remember Martin, but I do not remember a Halloween episode. There was a Halloween episode that was so goddamn good. And basically, Martin wasn't a fan of Halloween. And he was having like a thing at his house. And then all of a sudden, uh, his friends started to become possessed. People disappeared. The cabinets and doors were opening by themselves and martin had a breakdown and then everybody was like surprise and they had like uh one of their friends come in and rig the the doors and cabinets to open and he was just after like a moment of like whoo he's like get the step and he kicked everybody out is in, in addition to his girlfriend gina um it was really funny so i i definitely remember that growing up uh yeah though those were big ones for me for sure uh what about you yeah i totally agree about the simpsons treehouse horror specials those were all usually there was at least because they'd be like three stories and there was usually at least one in there that i really liked um i love the tgif like specials i just remember tjf when it was halloween it would be like all four shows whatever it was on would have like a it was all halloween themed so sabrina did some really good ones because she was a witch so she had some fun ones my favorite all time, probably, yeah, of any Halloween special is Boy Meets World, the one where, you know, like Jennifer Love Hewitt is in it. Did you ever watch that one? And she, uh, I she, know it's uh, been so long since I've rewatched those. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's really good. It's, uh, it's very like, I know what you did last summer, Scream kind of thing where uh, they, there's like a murderer in the school and the kids are locked in and there's a great line where like this guy gets killed. Like they've shown flat out like this one guy gets killed with like a pencil through his head and falls. And the uh, Eric Matthews is like, Oh my God, they killed Kenny. <laughs> and uh, he like, yeah. And it's funny cause the pencil, he falls down straight and like, I forget which character was. He's like, we'll always remember he was this tall. Like <laughs> it was so funny. Um, it was just great. Like, just just not and it was like scary but hilarious and i mean there's so many great ones like you said family well you just mentioned south park so south park's done a couple really great halloween episodes one being like in their first season where zombies outbreak and chef does the thriller dance and there's also Mm -hmm. one where cartman dresses (laughs) as hitler which is great too it's wonderful halloween episode and then most recently in more modern times pun intended modern family was huge on halloween episodes huge oh was it yeah like every season they did a huge big thing and then additionally to that the goldbergs have done big halloween episodes so much so where they've brought um uh what's his name um freddy krueger back the actual guy um, to play freddy krueger uh which is pretty cool so they've done a few cool episodes of that um and then we you know we mentioned freaks and geeks they did the halloween episode which was good that, yeah that was a good one and then probably just and also the office they have some good ones <laughs> yes. i always look i always looked forward to jim's costumes because though they were the most basic costumes they were always really funny like i love when he was like i'm dave yeah i, I i'm dave but it's just him Face- and- Facebook was great. Yeah, and then everybody dresses the Joker that year. Heath Ledger's yes. Joker. That was really good. That uh, was funny. So yeah, yeah. The Office has had a good one. Did Parks and Rec have a great one? I think they did. I uh, remember the one where that that kid that Leslie hates. Is the, yes, he's, he's there. Oh yeah, they're at the Andy and uh, Andy's house and his wife. Uh-huh. And Andy's dressed as Chuck Liddell, and Ben doesn't want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember, yeah, that was a great one. 
Yeah, they have some. It's it's a lot of great Halloween. Yeah, good stuff. So movie wise, what about you? Movie wise. Oh man, so many great movies. I mean, geez. Well, obviously, I I think like I have a new appreciation for the Friday the Thirteenth because of the one year that Trevor and I like we we. Well, this is impressive for Trevor because he's not a movie binger, but we watched one Halloween, watched the first three Friday the 13th in oh, a row. So you went to Corey Feldman style. Back <laughs> Again, to back. Yeah, because <laughs> I recorded them. They were on like a special or whatever. So I recorded the first six and then we watched the other three like spaced out. But I love the Friday the 13th. I think those still hold up really well. Um, I'm a Freddy Krueger fan. I love, uh, the ring, I think is still one of the scariest movies to me at the time it was, um, I'm trying to think what, oh, well, I, I love a good slasher. Those are my favorites. Uh, I love like scream. I know what you did last summer. Um, I think it's called, is it called Valentine's day? The one with David Boreanaz? My bloody Valentine or maybe my bloody Valentine. Valentine's day. Uh, Okay. It's Valentine's day. I love that movie. I think it's so funny. Like, it's just, uh, they're just fun. Like, I like those slashers where it's someone in the group and you're trying to figure it out or, like, a good twist or something. Uh, I guess that one was pretty obvious, actually, but it was still fun. Um, So, which that one could be a great Valentine's Day movie, too, but trying to think if there's and then of course i like like the light-hearted ones too like the hocus pocuses and caspers and the um, hocus pocus takes place for halloween um which i mean i like hocus pocus enough like mm-hmm. it's a movie i think for for me i think the movie may be a tad bit overrated but it's still good like uh, for yeah. old disney type of horror movie like there's some crazy shit in that movie <laughs> yeah uh but I, I i do like it um mm-hmm. i would say for halloween centric stuff trick-or-treat which is the anthology uh, i like that a, too yeah great stuff um mm-hmm. you know some of the halloween movies with mike myers is really good um but like dead alive is one that i always watch every year just because mm-hmm. of i love watching that movie and it doesn't take place on halloween whatsoever but i just love it it's the peter jackson movie which yeah. is like billed as the goriest movie ever made but it's also like one of the silliest um and then you know i love watching either the shiner or the exorcist around that time okay. and nightmare before christmas and the great pumpkin charlie brown those are all good yeah so I, good. I like as as it comes closer to Halloween I like watching stuff that takes place on Halloween because I feel it more mm-hmm. um so Same. yeah so I've been watching definitely a horror movie a day um and it's getting closer to that time to really get into like the really good stuff so yeah I I, I really those are the ones that I really enjoy watching probably Evil Dead 2 is up there as well so and then um I'm trying to think of like the the sillier ones I liked yeah. um the the first or I like the first and the third scary movie like the joke. Oh yeah, scary one, scary movies one and two. Even Haunted House with Marlon Wayans was funny to me. Oh, one, two. Haunted House was funny. Um, and I liked uh, I know you're probably, but I liked um Double Double Toil and Trouble with the Olsen twins. I remember oh, loving that. Don't think I ever saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Their Halloween movie. There you go. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. There, uh, some Halloween stuff for you to watch. Um, you know, if you're going to go trick or treating this year, please, you know, 
be safe, mm-hmm. wear masks. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll be, you will be wearing masks, hopefully, but yeah. wear a mask under your mask. Yeah. Um, and just be kind out there, you know, mm-hmm. get all the candy, yeah. all the candy. And then, uh, come to my place and go to Susan's place and give us 10% of it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that would be good. Um, so yeah, that's our, that's our main event, but now we got to talk about, what are we talking about this week? The blind watch hashtag alive. <laughs> specifically on oh yeah my choice <laughs> it, it is my choice uh it's uh a, a movie that is um you know it, specifically to netflix i believe it's a south korean zombie film which if you know korean horror movies or korean films they are unbelievable including the last oscar best picture winner parasite um so you know as our blind watch goes, as you know, we take a, uh, every episode, we switch off picking a different movie that we both haven't seen. And so for Halloween, we're picking a horror movie, and it is extremely difficult for me to pick a horror movie I have never seen. So, it, I mean, it took me several days. Like, what am I going to watch? What am I doing? Like, I've seen this, I've seen this, I've seen this. So I'll go to Netflix. I'm like, we, there's got to be a new Netflix movie that I haven't seen yet. So please let's watch it. And I saw this alive movie and I just saw the picture. I'm like, okay, it's zombies. It looks fun. Be something different. And so going into it, I'm like, okay, this movie might be not great, but it might be a little decent. And it turned out like I liked it way better than I thought I would. Susan. I I thought it was okay. I think it's because honestly, zombie movies are not my favorite. Like I I've learned that, especially watching this. I was like, I realize what it is. I'm just not a huge fan of zombie films. There are a few exceptions that I do really like, but I think the whole, like I feel, and, and I it's, I'm being hypocritical because a slasher is basically the same thing, but I love slashers. I, I just think the whole, they're dead, like running away from them. It's like, you're either going to, everyone is going to die. It's going to be either night of the living dead style or people are going to make it, which I prefer people to make it. Cause I, I feel like, what's the point if everyone just dies? What did I waste my time going through? But it was, it was still, it was it's, good. I told it's good. Yeah. it was, it was a good one. Um, I appreciate the attempt at originality i do and they like they did they they tried they did something different so i do appreciate that and so i think maybe why i'm I'm, correct me if i'm wrong and i i fall in the same boat as you like i love zombie genres however since i would imagine walking dead became a tv show and it became so popular the market became oversaturated with zombie stuff and you know, I get burned out on stuff like that when it's constant, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so I look for the stranger zombie gimmicks that change up the game because on high def digest and on my, on our own outlets, I've reviewed, I would like to say almost every zombie movie there is. I mean, I've reviewed stuff from Nazi zombies to zombie beavers, to zombie strippers, to drug pot zombies, excuse me. So I'm trying to find the gimmick here and there. And some are done well, some are not <clears throat> done well. And you try to find in this ocean of whatever, because Hollywood likes to do this, where something popular comes out and then 
within the next year, there's like 10 movies of the same thing coming out with different actors. What's the difference in these? So zombies are still around. They're still making them not as much as they were like three or four years ago, but I Mm -hmm. still like to watch them because there might be something different, different kill, different scenario. So here there's a lot of the same stuff in this thing that you've seen in every other zombie movie. However, Mm -hmm. the filmmaking techniques and the social media aspect of it was really good although Diary of the Dead kind of did that in a certain way without social media, but with the the media, um, which was George Romero's movie. But this one was definitely, so this movie Alive, Hashtag Alive, is about this, um, this, this video game streamer where all of a sudden just the zombie apocalypse happens and he's stuck in his apartment and he like social medias himself like hashtag I'm still here. I'm still alive or whatever, or Mm -hmm. I want to survive. Yeah. And he finds somebody in the apartment complex adjacent to him that's still alive too. And they're trying to communicate with each other and they're trying to survive. And that's kind of the gist of the movie, right? Yeah. So I just think how they went about it. I mean, God, it was like 80 minutes long. It was Mm -hmm. really quick. They didn't go off on tangents or anything. It was just them trying to survive to get to be with each other. um, And then all the obstacles that happened because in a lot of these zombie movies, some more than not, you know, walking dead, Dawn of the dead humans are probably the bigger enemy than the actual flesh eater zombies. And that happened in this movie. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? I mean, I, so I appreciate that they, they went right into it. They jumped straight into the, the like. Yeah. Within like 30 seconds. Within 30 <laughs> seconds. He's like, what's going on? Oh my gosh. Zombies are taking over. You don't really know. You realize, okay, it's zombies. And so in the beginning I was hooked and then there was a point in the beginning where it felt a little too repetitive when he was just by himself and it was kind of the same thing over and again. And I was just like, okay, is he just going to be in his apartment the whole time? And we're just doing this. But then when they bring in the character from across the building, I loved her. I thought she was such a badass. Well, she's like a ninja, man. Yeah, (laughs) she was amazing. Like, that was what saved the movie for me. Because I was starting, like, I started high. And then I was, like, dying out. I was like, all right, let's get over with it. And then I got, like, a peek up because she came into the picture and added something, added more life to the film. Uh, And so just exactly, you get excited because you want these two to meet up and, like, hopefully survive together. Uh, Yeah, so it was, so that helped it. Uh, Overall, I never thought it was scary, like, I did not think it was scary. I wasn't really, like, tense about it. But, again, I think it's just zombie films for me in general. I mean, there might have been one point where I was like, oh. But other than that, I was just – it was See, comical. It was comical to me. So there's some comical stuff to every zombie movie for the most yeah. part. However, I think there were some really scary, genuine moments in there when they're trying to be quiet. There's zombies, like, literally maybe 20 feet away from them. They're trying to be quiet, not to make a sound. And these zombies in this movie – are not like normal zombies where they're, you know, you can get around and real easy and walk. These are like the 28 days later zombies where they're running super fast. Yes. Um, Stupid. Yeah. Right. So they're doing that. However, there's a great text that Susan sent me as we watched this together. And the text was, do you know what this text, what I'm going to say? Oh, I'm like, what? (laughs) 
this is a romantic comedy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, it turns into a romantic comedy. I was like, look at this. This is like a romantic comedy all of a sudden. It felt like warm bodies. Like, I, because well, they, the two eventually meet up and they're making each other meals and sharing, you know, secrets or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there is the aspect of, you know, a human that seems nice to take them in, but then drugs them and tries to feed them to his daughter, who's a zombie. So she gets. No, it's his wife. It's his wife. Oh, his wife, his wife, his wife. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a, you know, it's a thing like that. We've seen that in many zombie movies where people mm-hmm. do that. Even Walking Dead did that. And uh, it's like I said, I think with zombie movies today, all most all of it's been done before it's hard to do a really original zombie movie or tv show um and this one they just had fun with it like you're not going i mean the camera work is great the acting is good performances are good that zombies are you know scary enough they're bloody there's gore here and there but not overly and there's some great action sequences with this woman like beating the shit out of zombies and then it ends on a good note but like a good note as far as like um the zombie apocalypse has happened but there is a hope out there yeah yeah it does and that's why in general the film is i can recommend it i can say that it was enjoyable i guess i just had a little bit higher expectations of it being like a scary movie to me and i think i think you kind of brought it up i think maybe i was thinking parasite in the back of my mind and it wasn't that it's don't even think it's anything like parasite it is oh no no it's not this type of movie this is an 80 minute you know action comedy yeah Yeah. light-hearted so i think that's where i was a little thrown off because the movie we watched with chris pine which wasn't zombies but whatever the one was much more dour and dramatic it was, but it was also, it creeped me out more. I was a little bit scared in that one. Well, that was at the first of the pandemic too. Right. It was like hitting <laughs> close to home. So, so this one is lighthearted. It's fun, but it is, it is a, I think it's a good movie. It's like Brian said, it's well shot. It's well acted and it's, it's decent. Like, uh, I think it's one of our better blind picks. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely highly recommend it. If you're looking for a, if for the Halloween season and if it's a zombie movie you're looking for you've never seen give it a shot it's quick less than 90 minutes you're gonna have fun with it um my last note on this before we get to our honorable mentions uh is that if you're looking for a zombie movie or a zombie tv show this is zombie tv show it's on netflix it's called black summer and this is Hmm. probably the one show zombie show in very recent memory that's like top-notch academy award worthy because it is scary as fuck amazing unbelievable remarkable performances and i haven't been that scared in a zombie movie in good god since maybe 2003 wow. it is so good so they're they've coming back for a second season but it, it's good they're like 30 minute episodes or shorter and there's nothing else like it like they have it's original and oh my god it's good so black <laughs> summer if you want to be scared for a zombie thing oh black summer on netflix please do it Sounds good. It's good. So yeah, hashtag alive uh, on Netflix. Go do it. Um, it currently uh, has an eighty six percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, hashtag alive. So I mean, people are enjoying it. So there you go. Yeah. 
So uh, that's our blind watch for Halloween this week. Now we're going to honorable mentions where we suggest some movies that we've seen and give a little little bit to you of info on it. So let's talk about the biggest thing in the news today, movie-wise. Borat 2, Borat mm-hmm. subsequent movie film. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen is a genius bringing back Borat. And uh, he was at the Texas State Fair in our hometown for quite a while. It was awesome. And they're getting, I mean, they're getting a lot of press about it. A lot of free marketing from politicians and even the president, Mm -hmm. which is genius. Uh, And this movie is funny as hell. It's all about being progressive and change. Great father-daughter movie. Uh, and has some really important messages about change and, you know, being progressive and <laughs> not being an asshole. So yeah, I loved it. Again. <laughs> did you like it? I did like it. It wasn't as funny as the first one for me, but I also, I think the first one, I was in high school and I saw it and I was crying laughing because I hadn't seen anything like that before. That was like the first of its kind where it was doing that. So ever since Borat, other films try to do that. And it's a, it's starting, I'm, I'm not going to lie, it's starting to get a little like, like the people in on it, it's not as great reactions. I feel like they know what's going on and it's, that's, that's kind of like, it's lost a little bit of its, of its magic for me. Uh because like the the last time it was just like whoa. Well, because nobody that? knew him, and right? Borat became a cult, a pop icon. Like right, right. So I mean, people know who he is, and there's definitely moments in this film where you're like, this person, like, I mean, he stays with those two people, right? Like a hundred percent, they were paid to let him stay with them, but you know, they they were whatever you want to call it. they they didn't realize how ridiculous they were looking. Well, I mean, like, I would imagine that those two guys didn't know what was going on. However, they were like, we're filming like a reality show. This is mm-hmm. part of it. And that's what they knew. They didn't know yeah. that it was Sasha Baron Cohen. I almost guarantee it. Well, they probably uh, don't even know who Sasha Baron Cohen is. Honestly. Correct. But yeah. yeah, they're in like, they're because I've heard and read that he creates all these production companies, these fake production companies. Mm-hmm. And they tell him like this guy, you know, he's famous in Kazakhstan. He's all this stuff. They set up the website for his daughter. Uh, you know, they set it up and they fall into the trap. You know, they yeah. practice. So I really, I really enjoy this movie. And I think this movie, Susan, when you said it's not as funny as the first one, I think you'll come to find out if you watch it again and again and again over time, it's going to be funnier than the first one because really? there's so many little throwaway jokes in this movie that are so funny yeah. that, I mean, just even the fact when he was in the dress shop mm-hmm. and his daughter's like, women can own businesses. And yeah. He goes yeah, like, yeah. no, their brain will explode and then their head will fall off. Look at these men. Like, yeah, like look what happened life. to this woman. Yeah. yeah it's no, still this, funny. It's still yeah. funny. And I, I did even like his, I liked the addition of his daughter as a character. She needs an he Oscar. Did, she needs did an a Oscar. Fantastic <laughs> job. Yeah, like amazing. she did phenomenal. So it, it was I still enjoy it and I highly recommend it. I mean, people, it's on Amazon Prime. Absolutely watch this film. is Because I actually think it's important too. No, no, it is very important. And I mean, not yet it happened, but I mean, Giuliani's been called out somewhat in the press for this, but yeah, there's a scene with Giuliani and I mean, nothing happened in the yeah. sense of like something, but the dude was definitely going to whip out his dick 
for a 15 year old, he was definitely not tucking in his shirt. I really, really think, I mean, I don't know. I kind of expected a little bit worse of a scene. I'm not going to lie. I thought there was going to be more. I'm surprised he didn't let it go a little bit further to see how far it would go. Just to have that like confirmation. He didn't want to do that to the girl, man. No, of course not. He's going to bust in there because Rudy would have done that. And he would, nobody, I'm sorry. Nobody's going to lay down on the bed, tuck their shirt in after drinking and go to the hotel bed. Even if she invited him back there. Yeah. An older gentleman should know better. Like, no, no, this is good. Yeah. yeah, 100% an older gentleman, especially in his position, should know better than to move over to the bedroom to have drinks. No. Right. No, it's not going to happen. I mean, like, is that like, you're like, oh my God, this girl likes me, whatever. But like, you don't do that. Like, that's something you don't do. Yeah. No, it was highly inappropriate what he was doing. No, but like he was going to do it. And I think it that happened. He was going to do that. He was going to whip it out. And if that happened there, how many times has that happened somewhere else? You oh, know? I mean, yeah. And there's been probably non-disclosures, things signed. I don't know, but it, sh- it, sh- it definitely shows. And it definitely shows when they go to the, um, that, father daughter giveaway dance thing oh that's so awkward where the the dad said like he'll pay five hundred dollars for the daughter and then the daughter had the real reaction of like yeah it's like fucked up yeah well he said how much is my daughter worth and then the guy was like five hundred dollars and then his daughter said that's fucking gross yeah that was real (laughs) yeah i know no for sure that was disgusting ew Great, great movie, great movie. Um, so Borat 2, go go do that. Um, we're gonna talk about uh let's talk about um we gotta we gotta bring up the witches on HBO Max just to tell people not to watch it. <laughs> we both watched the witches, the remake, which is crazy, crazy, crazy amount of great people behind it. Robert Zemeckis, who did Forrest Gump and uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future trilogy, directed this remake of the 1990 film, The Witches, along with producing it with Grimal del Toro and Alfonso Cuaron, who did Children of Men and Gravity, wow. created this horrific abomination of a movie that's terrible on all levels with a great cast. It's just so terrible. Don't watch it. Don't even think of watching it go find the original 1990 yeah. film it's way better even if this movie this remake the witches with anne hathaway is more faithful to the novel sometimes the novel to adaptation to a film does not work just like in charlie and the chocolate factory with johnny depp did not work it yeah was no that terrible. wasn't good either yeah, yeah. It was terrible. more faithful to the book original book by roald dahl but man mm-hmm. witches was terrible right Right, right. My, my I agree. Right. I think <laughs> Witches was one of the worst films of the year. It was so bad. I was just waiting for it to be over, and I hate to say that because I, but I like I was I could not believe. And I love Anne Hathaway, and I love Octavia Spencer. It yep. just was. It didn't. I don't know. It's, it, it was. It was not good. It's bad on every level. So all yeah. right. So yeah, don't go see that. <laughs> um, and then I see on here you've got Evil Eye. And Black, Black Box. Box on here. Are those the, are those Blumhouse. the Blumhouse movies? So yeah. my writer, Dan Moran, did not like those. He said they would have played better with like 30-minute Twilight Zone episodes. But Probably, um, actually. Because they, they just said they were stretched out too long and weren't as scary as they could have been. 
I actually really do think that uh, those all would have been better, like Black Mirror episodes okay. or something. Uh, I, I personally, so there, there was four of them. I hated Nocturne was my least favorite. I did not like that one. The Lie was not good, but I still could find enjoyment from it. Black Box was my favorite. I really love that one. Um, so I do recommend that one. I think it's just, yes, it's a little stretched out, but I think it's worth the premise and the, there's like a twist and stuff. And Evil Eye, I personally, that was my second favorite. And I think it's because there's this lifetime movie element to it. And it's also, it's really out there. But I also appreciate the fact that they did a full, like, uh, an all Indian cast. And to just, like, I appreciate any kind of different ethnicity in a, in a, like, just normal mainstream film. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't trying to be like, oh, you're Indian. Okay. Like, let's focus on that. Like, it was just like, this is like an entire Indian cast and they're just in a regular mainstream film. So I thought that was really cool too. Um, That's again on Amazon Prime. So I recommend those two if you just want a fun Halloween flick, like maybe upcoming before Halloween just to get in the mood. They're fun. But uh, yeah, should I go on with the rest of them or did you have another one? Um, I'm looking right now to see if I, oh, uh, the trial of the Chicago seven, mm, um, I need more set still. which is great. New Aaron Sorkin movie based on the trial of the Chicago seven, which is amazing. Great courtroom drama that goes by super fast. Uh, and the war with grandpa, uh, with, oh, I watched that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it was silly, fun, good sugary yeah. remedy in these dark times with a pretty great crazy cast Great <laughs> uh and uh what else are we gonna talk about holiday uh yeah hold on on that let me just touch right. on those other two really quick okay, uh cool. come play comes out in select theaters uh october 30th that's a it's based on a 2017 short film which i'll let you guys be the judge of come play i was not a huge fan but it I do want to recommend you can YouTube the short film by Jacob Chase. Uh, it's like less than five and a half minutes. And that is pretty scary and creepy and well-made. So I, that's the, I recommend that. And then um, Let Him Go comes out November 2nd. And I enjoyed that one. It stars Diane Lane and Kevin Costner. It's not Halloween theme, but it's a beautiful setting in Montana and North Dakota. And I just love those two actors. And it's a great premise about um, a grandparents who their their son died and uh, their daughter-in-law and their grandson, um, well, their daughter-in-law remarries to this like horrible guy and uh, takes her son away like to a different town. And basically they go after them because they realize this horrible guy is like beating this daughter-in-law and beating kid. And they have to do whatever they can to kind of save whatever like essence of their son they have left essentially. So it's, it's, it's a really cute story. Good deal. Yeah. Check those out. Mm-hmm. All right. So holiday, um, we got to talk about holiday. What I mean, it comes out in a couple weeks in November. After no, 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 it comes out on Netflix October twenty eighth. What? This is they're releasing this fucking movie before Halloween. Well, and I guess there the is a Halloween. Of, yeah, that's the beauty of holiday is it touches on all holidays. So it does, but like the it's misleading in a bunch of ways. So first off, holiday 
is actually a great movie. Well, not great. It's I liked a very it. good movie. Yeah. It's, fun. it's a very good movie. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Um, but it's promo, it's promos make it seem like a Christmas movie. It's posters yes. make it seem like a Christmas movie. Um, but it does go throughout all the holidays, even Halloween. Mm-hmm. So holiday. I thought going into it, I was like, okay, this is going to be just a fucking cheesy, stupid holiday romantic comedy. Elements of that are true. However, this is like if Seth Rogen and Judd Apatow did a holiday romantic comedy movie, but without them in it. And it's fun. It's vulgar. It's, it's, real, it's actually good. I laugh through the whole thing. Uh, I like the characters for the most part. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's surprising in how a movie of this caliber on the surface actually will change your mind. Like, it's just kind of like, Oh man, I mean, they use the word fuck like 200 times in this movie. There's sex and nudity and, you know, fingers getting chopped off and it's just, it's fun. It's funny. They talk about raunchy sex stuff constantly. And I like, I liked it. I liked, what's her name? Is it Lily James? No, No. uh, you're thinking Rebecca. This is uh, Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts. I'm sorry. All these uh, movies came on the preview content on Netflix at once, Mm -hmm. so I get confused. So Emma Roberts, and I don't recognize this Australian actor who I would imagine they tried to get Chris Hemsworth for this part. Oh, (laughs) he was totally like, he reminded me of Chris Hemsworth the whole time. His name's Luke Bracey. uh, Luke Bracey. So I'm pretty sure they were like, uh, Chris Hemsworth, please. And he's like, no. <laughs> and so here is budget Chris Hemsworth here. <laughs> oh, but he did a good job. He was good. No, he was great. I liked yeah. him a lot uh, yeah. in this film. He was a lot of fun to watch. And there, like, I like when movies have like the big story arc, but there's like several supporting characters in the background that also have a story arc throughout the movie. And I, they did that here. And it was good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It was real sweet and funny. And it was good. I, I'm with you. I, I mean, obviously it's no secret. I'm a romantic comedy fan, but I will, but because of that, I'm very critical of uh, that genre. And I agree. Like there's only so much you can do to really make that genre refreshing and different, but I appreciate the, the premise of it. I liked the idea of having a holiday. I thought that was unique in itself and obviously the two you got two strong actors they were likable they had good chemistry and i think this is totally i mean it's on netflix so why not like during this time you can choose to watch it now you can choose to watch it during christmas thanksgiving whatever it's I recommend yeah, it goes through all of it. Yeah, I liked it. I, I'm really upset that they didn't use the song Calendar Girl in here. I love, I love, I love my calendar girl. And then it goes through all the holidays. Yeah. And all the months yeah. of stuff like that. And uh, uh, it was a missed opportunity. And yeah. also in this movie, they mentioned Ryan Gosling twice quite a bit in these mm-hmm. two times. And I got to believe it. at one point, Ryan Gosling showed up in the background. Yeah. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I got to email <laughs> a publicity person about this because I'm very curious. I've re- I rewound it. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, Holiday's good. I also watched Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, which is kind of like one of those ultra, ultra bad, like live productions on like a set. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is awful just so bad on the nose cheesy but i liked it because it's dolly parton 
She looks amazing, still sounds amazing. And, you know, it's got that Christmas cheer in it. You, this is a thing that you're going to have on the background at a party because it's just all Christmassy, very overly hype dancing and smiles all around. Mm-hmm. And kind of the story of like an Ebenezer Scrooge type of thing. So, I mean, it's, nothing is original in this movie or show, the special. But it's Dolly Parton, man, 74, still kicking and not just kicking, like just lively. And yeah, she's wonderful. Great. Yeah, she's good. Uh, watch that. And so, yeah, those are the honorable mentions. That is our episode 14 of No BS with Brian and Susan. We love doing this. We're going to be back. I don't know if we'll be back in time for the next Halloween. Maybe we'll try to, so Susan can pick a Halloween movie. I would love that. I still want um, to pick one, uh, even if it's after, so we'll see. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, that is us. We are on Spotify and iTunes, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Radio, all all of it. We're on yeah. No BS Podcasts. Where can Susan – Where not? no, not where can Susan. Where can you find Susan? Uh, I'm at thischicksflicks.com, ictn.tv, City of Irving YouTube channel, uh, Instagram, Twitter. I always say it, Google me, you'll find me. <laughs> yes, yes, she's on there. And you can find me at High Def Digest and Screen Rant, Boomstick Comics, this podcast, and uh, Instagram, Brian Kluger, and YouTube, YouTube. Mm-hmm. So there you go. We love you. Happy Halloween. Love you guys. Happy Halloween.